0: Hello, vampires and slayers. This is Mixtress Ray, and you're listening to What's This Bitch Talking About? To which the answer to that question is Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 3, Episode Doppelgang Land. Not even trying to count the episodes anymore, you guys. Whatever. You know the title. <laughs> you know where we are. Where we are. Okay, so um, this podcast is coming to you on another late night. Um, I'm kind of cheating a little bit, so if this is your first time listening to this podcast, let me explain the premise to you guys. I review, recap, rehash, re-all-the-things every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer exactly 20 years after its original air date. So that means that this podcast has a sporadic nature to it sometimes. Fortunately, this month in the month of February, we this is the third podcast, third week in a row that I've gotten to um, review a Buffy episode with you guys. But I also have had to work a lot of weekends lately, which means that I'm cheating a little bit today. Um, it is technically Friday night, the day before this Buffy episode aired. I... The promise that I made to myself when I first started this project was that I would watch every episode of Buffy exactly 20 years after the original air date. So sometimes that means that I'm going to have to record early or late, but I will always watch the episode on the day, which means that even because of timing, like I, um, because I work on Saturday, I won't be able to record I work on Saturday and then I have like, I'm, I have a bowling date, <laughs> a bowling double date. And I haven't gone bowling in a really long time. And I haven't seen this particular friend in a really long time. So I'm not going to have time to record the show on Saturday night. Like I normally would. All that is just to say that I have to confess to you guys that I'm doing this podcast a day early, earlier than I normally would. But I will be watching the episode at some point on Saturday since that is the day it was February 23rd, 1999 that the episode Doppelgangland originally aired. So I will be watching it at some point tomorrow, which means it will be the third time that I've watched it this week (laughs) because I watched it on Thursday. I watched it today, Friday, before taking notes and recording this podcast for you guys. And I will be watching it tomorrow so I can make sure that I am precise with my project. I actually came up with just a little bit of backstory. I came up with this, the idea for this podcast, like two or three years before I could actually start it. I thought to myself, Oh my God, we're, we're coming up on the 20 year anniversary of the debut of Buffy. I want to watch every single episode 20 years later. And then I slowly realized I want to do a podcast about it. And then I realized, and then I, at that point, at some point I actually started this podcast and then I was like, well, I already have a podcast, so I can just start using my podcast for that. (laughs) And that's when what's this bitch talking about became, um, a primarily Buffy podcast, even though I have other things that I do as well, but it's mostly a Buffy podcast. Let's get some business shit out of the way right now. So, I kind of have talked about it the last couple of weeks. Things are going to get real weird from here on out. So, I'm going to talk about Land tonight, of course. But, there will be no Buffy episode to talk about this Saturday, March 2nd, or Saturday, March 9th. There will be a Buffy episode again three weeks from today. I'll be able to talk about Enemies, the episode Enemies. And then there won't be another Buffy episode to talk about. So that's March 16th. There won't be another episode to talk about again until May 4th. So it's going to... And there will be three full episodes in May to talk about. So it's going to be weird. Um, I should have a plan at this point, right? Most likely... I will take next week off. So I'll take March 2nd off because I do work next Saturday and, you know, we don't have a Buffy Buffy episode to talk about, so fine. Um, But I don't like to leave you guys for more than, I don't want to, I don't want this podcast to ever be less frequent than every two weeks. So most likely two weeks from today, I will have some kind of episode, even if it's just like a little bit you know like a half hour like what's up with mixtress recap of what we've done what we've talked about so far on season three of buffy and then three weeks from today i will come back to talk about enemies the um the next episode um but yeah it's gonna be weird Just so you know, (laughs) Um, this year in general is going to be pretty weird. We've started out pretty strong having a Buffy episode to talk about almost every week in 2019 so far, Um, and we'll end strong in the last couple of months of 2019, but a large chunk of this year, we're going to be talking about things other than Buffy because I'm going to stay true to my project, which means that there's going to be large chunks of time when I'm not talking about Buffy. But, um, so I know that there's going to be, I'm going to celebrate a lot of movies that came out in 1999 this year. I'm going to be talking about movies from 1999, not necessarily on the day that those movies, um, released or anything like that. Um, but I'm going to talk about lots of movies from 1999, such as, well, you know, Lots of great movies came out in 1999. I've got a list somewhere, not right in front of me, but that is definitely happening. There's going to be some celebration of movies from 1999. So if you have any input on movies that came out in 1999 that you would like me to review on What's This Bitch Talking About? I am all over it. We're going to have plenty of time this year when, plenty of weeks this year where we're not going to be able to talk about Buffy episodes. So let me know. Let me know what movies from 1999 are your favorites. They might be my favorites too. There are so many great movies that came out in that year and we're going to celebrate a lot of them this year. So let me know your favorites. MixtressRadio at Gmail is um, a place that you can send me your input anytime about anything. Um, Also follow my Instagram on MixtressBuffy. You can message me over there as well. Um, okay. So yeah, I'm a little out of sorts this week. It has been kind of a tumultuous week. So it's kind of in the air, the tumultuous, tumultuousness of this week. So if you've been feeling it too, you're not alone. Um, I hope that everything worked out okay for you. I hope that you maybe didn't even notice that it was a tumultuous week because that's great too. Um, I'm trying a new thing. I have my recorder on like a little tripod. So it feels like I'm official right now. Usually I just hold my recorder in my hands, but right now it's on a tripod. So it like feels like I'm actually talking into a microphone right now, which is really like, I don't know. It feels professional. You guys. (laughs) <laughs> even though it's no more professional than usual. Um, let's see. What was I going to say? Um, yeah, it's been a tumultuous week. If you would like to hear more about my tumultuous week, I like to keep most personal shit out of this podcast. Um, but if you do want to hear more about it, I could really use the extra cast right now. He- if you become one of my patrons on Patreon, you get to hear... Every week I do like a podcast of edited together the edited together intros of my weekly radio show. So I have a re- a weekly internet radio show called Mixtress Radio that is free to listen to, but you do have to tune in at the right time and place. But if you don't want to tune in at a specific time and place and you want to listen to it whenever the fuck you want, you can do that if you're one of my patrons. So if you would like to hear more about my tumultuous week and everything that's going on with me, um, if you become a patron, even at the dollar level, um, you can hear all of my Mixtress Radio podcasts anytime you want. So to do that, you just have to go to patreon.com slash Mixtress Ray T-A-T-R-E-O-N and Mixtress Ray is spelled M-I-X-T-R-E-S-S-R-A-E so um, yeah again uh, I try to keep all that shit out of the podcast for the most part I want this podcast to be 95% um, pop culture related (laughs) so um, you know just in general because yeah Anyway, it's been a crazy week, and I hope that you guys are all okay. I hope everything is great with you. So, let's move on. Let's talk about this episode, Doppelgangland. This is the one where Vampire Willow crosses over into our universe and wreaks a little bit of havoc, <laughs> Um, Not too much, just a little bit. This is a really funny episode. It's it's almost like it's a... Like how Buffy tends to have kind of a balance of heavier episodes interspersed with more lighthearted episodes just to kind of, you know, get you out of the seriousness for a second. This is definitely not a serious episode um and it really showcases the acting talents of allison hannigan so that is really nice to see we get to see we get to see her being vampire willow we get to see her being our regular willow with more attention paid on her than normal we get to see her being willow pretending to be vampire willow so we get to see some nuance in the acting talents of Allison Hannigan this week and that's pretty damn cool it is definitely an enjoyable episode written and directed by Joss Whedon so I hate to admit that it's a great episode because I'm mad at him these days but facts are facts America it's true (laughs) Um, If any of you guys are also fans of RuPaul's Drag Race, what do you think about that tie winning, winner situation of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars Season 4? It was a tie, you guys. Weird, right? Like, I think it should have just been Monet, but I'm really not mad at it being a tie. I think it's okay, but a lot of people are really mad about it. But anyway, whatever. Um, That's RuPaul's Drag Race. You're not here for that. You're here to talk about Buffy. (laughs) But if you do really like RuPaul's Drag Race and you've been itching to find a great RuPaul's Drag Race podcast, let me just promote my favorite RuPaul's Drag Race podcast. It is called All Right, Mary. And they really get into, like, if you like this podcast, they get into, like, the nuances and the social ramifications of rupaul's drag race and they talk about they talk about some deep shit sometimes and they also make lots of puns um their podcasts are very long they're longer than mine even (laughs) but i do listen to their podcast pretty much every week every week that there's like a rupaul episode to talk about at least i don't know what to do with my hands now that i'm not holding my microphone Anyway, so Doppelgangerland, my first note is, so the first scene is Anya is talking to D'Hoffrin. I'm pretty sure this is the first time we've ever met D'Hoffrin. De D'Hoffrin's De kind of like the leader of the vengeance demons. And she's sort of like, she has summoned him because she's human now, ever since The Wish. So this is when we first met Anya and we first saw the alternate universe that includes Vampire Willow. Um, Anya had she was cursed into like becoming human at the end of that episode because she failed at you know the the wish got reversed and her amulet was destroyed by Giles so she was cursed to living out her life as a human so she went from demon to human and now she's cursed to living out a mortal existence and she hates that she's in high school now she hates it so she's like pleading with de Hoffren to reinstate her as a vengeance demon and he's like no no I'm not doing it you have to do you have to live out your mortal life which doesn't really track later when we find out more about the relationship between Anya and de Hoffren, we'll find out that she is kind of his favorite and she is sort of like the best of the best when it comes to Vengeance Demons. And he really loves her. You know, she's the favorite. She's like the favorite daughter. And I mean, not that we ever, we don't ever like find out a whole lot about like D'Hoffren's character. We don't ever really feel sympathetic towards him or anything, but we do know that she is his favorite. So At this point, I'm sure they had no idea about this. This is the first introduction of D'Hoffron. So I'm sure they had no idea that that was the relationship they were going to create between the two of them. And he's acting like he doesn't give a shit about her at all. You know, like there, there's no indication that she is his favorite from this conversation is what I'm saying. Anyway. So it's really funny because he just like basically completely refuses her. And at one point, Anya says, if you won't help me, then by the pestilent gods, I will find someone who will. <laughs> by the pestilent gods. Pretty funny, right? So that's my first note is her, her quote saying that by the pestilent gods, you will find someone who will help her. And of course, the very next shot is Willow, um, cause she's going to be the one that Anya's going to see if she'll help her. And Willow is hanging out in the courtyard with Buffy and she's floating a pencil. And Buffy's talking about all these tests that the Watcher's Council is putting her and Faith through. And they're like psychological tests and physical tests. And there's like this weird joke about like on the psychological tests, there's a question about whether or not you've ever wanted to be a florist. And apparently if you answer that you... Have wanted to be a florist. That means you're crazy. (laughs) Um, I don't know what that's about. But my growing up, my family, my grandpa owned a wholesale floral supply business. Not to say that we're not crazy, but (laughs) Um, I just took a little bit of offense to that. I mean, like, not that we are florists because we were wholesale floral supply may we supply to the florists? (laughs) i don't know what that joke was about it was probably just thrown in there as something completely random but anyway so willow's floating a pencil Uh, buffy's doing sit-ups really bad sit-ups like not proper sit-ups at all (laughs) um and there's just this weird my next note was why is buffy all anti-faith again i thought we were helping her Because Buffy's sort of saying that she... yeah, She's talking about these tests that the Watcher's Council is putting them through. And she's basically indicating that she wants to do better than Faith. And she's just kind of like aligning herself. She's putting a line. She's drawing a line between her and Faith. And I thought that was weird. At the end of Consequences... It seemed like... Okay, now it's the part of the podcast where I have to... I have to take a moment, and I have to just, like, think about faith for a minute, because no one else is, okay? So, y'all knew it was coming. <laughs> my mom, whenever we watch Buffy together, she's just like... Um, every once in a while, my my aunt hangs out with us while uh, every week i hang out with my mom we watch the buffy episode if it's a week where there's a buffy episode to watch we watch that together and every once in a while my aunt usually she leaves before we even start watching buffy but sometimes she's there when we watch buffy and it's very infrequent (laughs) And this last week she was there and every time she's always like, what's going on? Why is she this? Who's this? Who's Faith? What's this? And so we always have to pause and we have to kind of catch her up on what the fuck's going on because she only watches an episode of Buffy with us like once every couple of months. And this last time I, she, I don't even remember what the question was, but she asked something about Faith and we were trying to sort of explain the whole character the, the whole story arc of bad girls slash consequences to my aunt in like you know little a little snapshot kind of way and she asked some sort of question and mom's like do not get her started on faith like i think she said something like oh so faith's like evil and mom's like don't even get her started because she listens to this podcast, too. So she's heard all of the things that I have to say about Faith. So, okay. So, okay. Joss Whedon swoops in. He wrote and directed it this episode. He has not written and directed an episode for a while. Probably the last time he did that was some sort of big Angel Buffy storyline, I bet. <sighs> Should I look it up? god damn it y'all are gonna make me look it up aren't you okay hold on let me look it up when was the last time Joss Whedon wrote and directed an episode was it helpless did he do that one I don't know let's check yeah duh it was A Men's. so the Christmas episode was the last one that was written by Joss Whedon written and directed by Joss Whedon fucking hate that episode I do not hate this episode however okay so he swoops in like he hasn't even been fucking paying attention and you know i first of all i call bullshit on this whole like what what are we supposed to believe about this whole council situation like in the last episode faith was captured by the council at the suggestion of wesley and she incapacitated everyone involved and escaped their capture and ran away and the council's just deciding that they just need to put her through some physical tests of some kind and they're also doing the same thing to Buffy it seems almost like what they're doing with these physical and psychological tests is just something kind of routine. It almost seems like what they're doing is routine when more attention needs to be paid to like if the council is deciding to leave this sensitive situation of what Faith went through, which they know what Faith went through to the judgment of Wesley and Giles. I mean, Giles is not employed employed by them anymore, but if they're leaving all of this up to the judgment of Wesley why is the solution to do a bunch of tests and to subject Buffy to the same things that they're subjecting Faith to they don't even really explain it and they don't make a big deal out of it at all it's just like We go straight from the super dramatic world of bad girls slash consequences, the two-parter that we just dealt with where Faith accidentally killed a guy and all that drama and that whole thing. We go straight from all of that to we're just acting like everything's fine now. Like, I really hate that. There should have been, that should have had more gravity to it. drinking some ginger tea right now because it's 11 o'clock at night (laughs) okay so yeah also the way that Faith is dressed in this episode is really strange to me it's interesting because like there are a lot of great outfits in this episode but all of the great outfits in this episode are worn by Oz, Angel, and Willow willow as vampire willow and willow as regular everyday Willow. willow there are every outfit that buffy wears in this episode is very like mom it's almost like they were i think they were making a conscious decision to downplay the style of both faith and buffy because this episode isn't about them which fine but like you can downplay their outfits in a way that makes them not noticeable but they went the other way with it where like their outfits are like just super uncharacteristic of them like Buffy is like her hair is like mom hair and her outfits are like are just like like she's dressing like a 40 year old woman and Faith is wearing like this like sort of Like a country tank top type situation. It's like white and it has this lace bordering on it. And she's wearing very minimal makeup. And it's just very weird. It just isn't right at all. Okay. So we're still just in the second scene where Willow and Buffy are talking outside and they're hanging out. They're just having a nice friend moment where like Willow's like, "Hey, do you want to go? Do you want to go drink some mochas and?" And Buffy's like, Well, I gotta do this training thing, whatever. And Willow's bolting the pencil. And Willow just is saying kind of like disparaging things about Faith. And Buffy says, Well, she had it rough. D- different circumstances, that could be me. And Willow says, Some people just don't have it in them, or something to that effect. So this is kind of setting it up where, you know, Buffy actually has empathy for faith and she understands that you know like faith has been through some shit and she could you know nurture versus nature is this conversation essentially and willow's on the side of nature for whatever reason because they have to set it up that like willow doesn't think you know willow thinks that somebody is essentially good or essentially bad at this point point. But, you know, obviously they're setting that up because we're about to see different circumstances of Willow and she could be an evil vampire, you know? Um, The next scene is Snyder calls Willow and some kid named Percy, some football star kid, into his office and he basically threatens Willow. He basically tells her that she has to um, tutor Percy And what he really means by tutor is do all of his homework for him, essentially. And uh, there's this awesome exchange where um, Snyder's saying something like, for whatever reason, Percy is not motivated. Um, And Percy says, I'm challenged. And then Snyder says, you're lazy, self-involved, and spoiled. That's quite the challenge. (laughs) It was really funny. (laughs) It was like the funniest thing Snyder's ever said. My next note is Giles with a lollipop. That was just so cute. Giles sucking on a lollipop. I can't even take it. Um, When I was growing up and when I was first watching Buffy, at this point in the series, it's possible I was already watching it as it was airing. I know it was sometime in season three that I first started watching it. I don't know what episode I came in on, but at that point I had a crush on Xander um I was never really into Angel um but I did have a crush on Xander the first time I watched the series and I did not at all think of Giles as you know attractive but watching it now now that he is more closely um age appropriate for me like at this point Anthony Stewart head was probably in his mid to late 40s and I'm 36, so I am, you know, watching it, every time I watch it, I'm more attracted to Giles, is what I'm saying, and him with a lollipop, cute as fuck, okay? It's cute as fuck, and I know some of you guys agree with me on that. Faith is coming back in the scene. She's coming back with Wesley from, like, a some sort of training session as part of this whole training thing that they're having them go through, and Wesley's super out of breath and it's just a funny moment and Faith has this awkward interaction with Buffy because it's Buffy's turn now she has to go with Wesley to like do the same test that Faith just did they're doing them separately I guess and um she just sort of has this moment where like you can tell she feels really awkward but she wants to connect with Buffy again and she misses being so close to her she sort of, like, reaches out to, like, punch her on the arm, but then she ends up doing this, like, weird thing, and it's, it's, it's a pretty real moment where, like, you know, just that awkwardness that, like, you know, you know you've done something wrong, you know you've done things to ruin a friendship with somebody, and you're trying to reconnect with them, and you're just trying to reach out, but it's just weird, and, this particular interaction i mean it's hard to explain but if you watch the episode you know exactly the moment that i'm talking about um and it's it's just heartbreaking you know because you know i would love to see them being bffs forever um and a lot of people would love to see them being more than bffs forever that's fine i realize i'm doing the pen number thing by saying bff forever (laughs) best friends forever forever yeah whatever anyway best friends forever forever whatever yeah okay so faith awkward moment faith wearing white minimal makeup okay i told you guys about that already the next scene is i forgot how early on this happens um i knew that the mayor like secured an apartment for faith but i didn't know that it happened like The very next scene, the very first scene you see between the mayor and Faith, she is asking for a job. And the very next time you see the two of them together, he has gotten her in a fully furnished apartment. It's just this really cool, like, loft-style apartment where there's, like, a little sectioned-off area where she has a punching bag and, like, a little baby training area. She's got, like, a little tiny two-chair, um kitchen table situation there's like a little balcony she has a you know a bed a playstation he's just like showing her this fully furnished beautiful apartment and it's like her second day on the job he just immediately saw that fucking awful motel she was staying in and gave her something better Like, for all of his faults, he genuinely cares about Faith, and he's the only one that gave a shit enough about her to get her an apartment. I know I've said that before, and I will say it again. So, props to the mayor. I know you evil as fuck, but you care about our girl Faith, and you get points for that. Always. Okay, then. Is it annoying to you guys that you're hearing me drink tea right now? Should I pause it in the future if I'm drinking tea while talking to you? Or does it make you feel like a part of the experience that you're hearing me drink tea? Let me know either way, Mixtress Radio at Gmail. Okay. So and he says, No slayer of mine is gonna live in a flea bag motel. There's this little interaction here where Faith is sort of thanking the mayor for giving her the apartment and she kind of grabs him by the lapels and sort of, it's an almost like sexual moment where she kind of lets him know she calls him her sugar daddy and sort of like she's dropping the hint that she thinks that she needs to thank him in that way. She thinks that he wants her to thank him in that way, which totally makes sense that that would be a part of her character. All the things that she's been through that she would think that he wants some sort of like sexual compensation for this. And he just sort of says, now I'm not about that. I'm a family man. And this particular exchange, I mean, that's, that's great. That's, it puts just totally ties a bow on that situation where you don't ever have to think of the mayor as that kind of asshole. Which is great. It's great to, like, close the door on that immediately before it even happens. That they're not going to have that kind of relationship. Thank God. But it's kind of also disturbing to see that interaction take place, knowing now, knowing what we know now about Joss Whedon, and that he had an affair with a very young actress in the first few years of Buffy. And we know it wasn't Sarah Michelle Gellar or Alison Hannigan, and Charisma Carpenter isn't that young. I mean, she's like 28, but Joss Whedon was only like 34 at this point. So would he have called her that? I just think that it was probably Eliza Dushku. And this would have been the time in which that whole situation was going down. And it just really creeps me out that this was a little piece of dialogue that he wrote between, I don't know, anyway, it just creeps me out, it just creeps me out, so I'm just gonna say it out loud. You know, I don't know if it was her. I don't know. But from context, I think it probably was. That's just my theory. That's just my theory, you know? Okay, let's just move on from that. (laughs) Um... Next scene, we see Oz and Willow um, just seeing each other in the hallway. And there's this cute little moment where Oz says, there's something about you that's causing me to hug you. It's just cute. Every interaction between Oz and Willow is so sweet. Um, Love him so much. My next note was, Oz looks hot with black hair and green eyes. And he really does because he's so pale and his hair is black right now and it just like brings out the green in his eyes and he just looks gorgeous Oz looks gorgeous in this episode I'm totally here for I I love him with the red hair too of course I love him with any color hair but especially this he's you know got the black fingernails the black hair the pale skin so my type (laughs) um let's see Oh, and then we get this scene where basically these little things are sprinkled in here and there where, like, Willow's feeling like she's too consistent. She's too reliable. She's too studious. She doesn't want to be this person. You know, she's getting taken advantage of because of this because Snyder's basically, like, telling her that she has to do the homework of this stupid football guy. And, um, Buffy and Xander come up to her while she's outside and they're like asking her if she taped something that was on TV last week or whatever. And she said, yeah, I taped it. And Buffy's like, see, I told you, old reliable. And she's like, what? I'm not reliable. That's not very sexy. And she's just had this conversation with Oz about how, like, he didn't invite her to a gig that was out of town because he he didn't figure her for missing school and she was like well maybe I want to cut classes maybe I'm gonna change my outfits you know like whatever whatever and um so she's just like having a little baby identity crisis she doesn't want to be so reliable you know and she kind of gets upset and she storms off and then after she storms off she runs into Anya and this is the first time that Anya is like introducing herself to Willow And she has sought her out because she heard that, you know, Willow's into witchcraft and she wants to find her necklace. She wants to go back, she wants to create a temporal fold with a spell and go back to the time and place before her necklace was smashed and get it back. So she tells Willow this story that, like, you know, it was an antique and somebody stole it and she just needs to get it back. And she wants help. She needs a secondary person to create the temporal fold. And so Willow's like, yeah, I want to do something dangerous. That's a part of my identity that isn't, you know, cute, reliable. The fact that I do magic. So Willow does the impulsive thing when she's going through something. That's a part of her character now and forever. So she goes with Anya to um, do the spell And then she has like a vision, like she's taken to the other universe, the time and place, like around the time and place when the necklace was smashed. And it's that moment right before she gets staked by Oz as Vampire Willow in the alternate universe. And so she sees herself in the little vision during the spell of the other universe she gets confused, and the spell gets fucked up. And instead of bringing the necklace over, it brings Vampire Willow over into our universe. And Willow is immediately upset, and she sort of, like, yells at Anya, and she's like, I'm not going to do this anymore. Like, you're not telling me everything. Um, And Anya's like, I just want my necklace. That's all I want. And then Willow says... Have you tried looking inside the sofa in hell? (laughs) Which is cute. Um, Very many cute quotes in this episode. That's one thing that Joss Whedon does well is write, you know, witty dialogue. Cute little jokes. He's good at that. Um, And at one point, Willow, very tellingly, says the following to Anya, Magic is dangerous, Anya. It's not to be toyed with. So that was just a little moment. Where, you know, if this is your first time listening to my Buffy the Vampire Slayer recap podcast, it's not spoiler free. So we know the future of Willow is that she definitely goes to the dark side with magic at one point. So, you know, she's being sanctimonious about it right now, but later she's gonna go to way darker depths than Anya ever goes to. I mean, I mean, Anya, like, it's a vengeance demon and she kills a lot of people and she's really terrible of course much more terrible than Willow will ever be but she doesn't do much of that with magic or maybe it is I don't know whatever anyway (laughs) she's gonna get real dark at one point so that's a nice little piece of foreboding even though I don't know that the writers actually knew that was gonna happen at this point okay um the next scene my note was vamp willow like milla after zombie apocalypse <laughs> so she's just sort of she wakes up and she's just sort of walking the streets looking at the world like what is this because in the alternate reality that she comes from the world sunnydale is taken over by vampires so it, the sunnydale of our reality I keep saying our reality <laughs> um looks very, very different to her, so she's just very confused. Cause it's definitely the same place, but it's not the same situation. Um humans rule in this reality. Um, uh, my next my next note was Kay's Choice. She's cute. So Kay's Choice is the band playing in the bronze and um, the lead singer is actually playing the lead singer. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that's her, and she's just so cute. She has this just like this aura of earnestness and she has this like super bleached kind of dry hair that's not not really dreaded but kind of almost like on the verge of being dreaded and she's just cute so number one people I'm attracted to in this episode, Giles Oz. And the lead singer of case choice (laughs) whatever her name is i didn't look that up beforehand (laughs) so cute what do you guys think did you find her cute i just found her so cute so vampire willow she's walking around inside the bronze she sees percy he's he comes up to her and he's like you're supposed to be at home doing my homework what's up you know weird outfit because you know vampire willow has like this um really elaborate like corseted top like it's not a corset but it's boned and it has a busk and it has laces in the back and like but it also has sleeves and a whole bodice situation going on it's it's a thing so he's like wow weird outfit you know like why aren't you at home doing my homework and she just sort of looks at him and she says bored now And she kind of throws him across the room. And um, so she scares the shit out of Percy, which is great and fun and satisfying, of course. Um, And then Xander shows up. It looks like he's wearing sweatpants. Like, what is the deal? Why did the costume people decide to really step it up? I mean, I understand why... They stepped up the costume design for the characters that are like the center of this episode, like Oz and Willow. And I mean, even Angel looked great in this episode, but then like Xander, Buffy and Faith have like crap for clothing in this episode. It just doesn't make sense to me. But anyway, I'm way too distracted by fashion. (laughs) And my next note is is Xander wearing sweatpants Buffy has mom hair (laughs) so um Buffy shows up Xander is like talking to Willow and like he's like okay like the last conversation that Buffy and Xander had with Willow you know she was really mad and she stormed off because they called her reliable so she and she actually says maybe I'll change my look maybe I'll cut class so they both think oh she wasn't kidding she really did change her look and so they try to be like hey nice look like it's really extreme but like you got this leather thing going on and we love you willow you know and um at one point she sort of flashes a vamp face at them and she's being really rude to them of course because this isn't the willow willow this is vampire willow from the alternate universe and she kind of flashes um Her vamp face for a second and of course they're super shocked they go back to tell Giles and they're kind of they're in shock they're sort of sitting around on the steps in the library and Giles said says she was truly the finest of all of us Xander says way better than me and then Giles says much much better (laughs) Um, and then Willow walks in while they're sitting there in shock the real Willow on the stairs. And she's like what's going on geez who died and then she's like oh who died (laughs) um and Buffy stands up and she's like oh my god Willow you're alive and Willow says aren't I usually this is the best moment as far as like Allison Hannigan acting just this little exchange because everybody just like bombards her with hugs and they're just attacking her with hugs even Giles and afterwards she's she does this this moment if you watch the episode again watch this moment right after Giles hugs her when she is just like wow it's really great that you guys missed me say you didn't happen to do a bunch of drugs did you and just like the little nuances of the expressions on her face whenever she says you didn't You didn't happen to do a bunch of drugs, did you? And then she just sort of like looks around innocently and then pointedly and just like the, I don't know, just all of the little tiny nuances in her face as she's going through this scene is just, it's so good. She's so great. I wish we would have had more episodes featuring Willow. You know, like obviously she's one of the main characters and we get to see her every single episode, but we just don't get this much of Willow hardly ever especially Willow as you know as nerdy Willow Willow you know we get some like witchy Willow stuff later when she kind of starts going to the dark side but just these moments when she's just wearing the fuzzy sweaters and she's still like she's still nerd Willow but she's kind of like just becoming something else These moments are so precious when it comes to Willow, you know, soak them up because we're not going to get a whole lot more of those. Um, oh, at this point, um, the vampire Willow, I guess we go, do we move over? Yeah, we do. Okay. So as this is happening, we go back to the bronze and vampire Willow shows up with, Oh, I forgot this whole exchange that like Willow, Giles asked Willow to like look into like try to hack into the mayor's files or something online. And she was doing that and Faith saw her doing it. And then the scene, whenever the mayor is showing her her new apartment, she tells the mayor that Willow is trying to hack into his files and he's like, well, we're going to have to kill your little friend. And he says, don't worry, I wouldn't ask you to do it. Not this soon in the relationship, not this early in the relationship. And you can tell that she has like a little moment of like, oh shit, they're going to kill Willow. But she gets over it pretty quickly because, you know, she's got a new apartment. I'm not saying that's, you know, a good reason, but, um, she's going through a lot of shit right now. I mean, it's not okay. It's not okay that she does not warn Willow. This is, I mean, Faith is fully on the dark side. I'm not making excuses for that. Um, so she is responsible for that. And that's a bad thing. We're going to see her do a lot more bad things. But anyway, so there's, so he sort of implies that he's going to send vampires to kill Willow. So it looks like just a regular vampire attack. And, um so in this scene we see like the vampire willow when she leaves the bronze at the point when xander and buffy saw her in vamp face for a second they think that willow's just been turned into a vampire and then they go to the library at as she walks outside she gets attacked by vampires and she easily bests them and she like makes them into her servants so when we go back, when we go from the library back to the bronze, it's vampire willow walking in with the vampire servant dudes. (laughs) And they're just going to, she says something like, I, this world sucks. I'm going to make it back the way I'm going to turn it back to the way it was. And so they're going, they take like everybody in the bronze hostage. They lock the doors. Oz is there because they're setting up for a show. And, um, Zant, or Angel is there but he shows up right before and he's just like talking he's having a conversation with Oz like have you seen Buffy and you know Oz says well I think she's going to show she said she was going to show earlier and then Vamp Willow shows up and she takes over and locks everybody in and all that shit so that is when Oz and Angel see Vamp Willow and think you know she's been turned you know, and so then we go back to the library and Angel shows up. Wait, I forgot about this little exchange between Angel and Oz when they're having this conversation. Right when the vampire dudes show up, they're like, if everyone stays calm, nobody gets hurt. And Angel says, why don't I believe him? And Oz says, well, he lacks credibility. (laughs) Um, I also took the note, Angel Angel wearing classic Angel attire, aubergine satin leather jacket angel looked good in this episode like i don't normally think angel looks good but he looked good he's wearing just probably just regular black pants like you don't really ever see the pants but yeah nice eggplanty aubergine reddish purple like plum purple satin shirt and then like a like a really long leather jacket with like the 70s style collar you know the the 90s style of like redoing the 70s that situation that's what he was wearing um then angel goes to the library he like kind of sneaks out and goes to the library and he tries to tell everyone that you know willow has been killed because he can't see willow from where he's standing because she's there too and then he just sort of, just a funny little moment because he's like trying to break it to them. And then he sort of turns around. And he's like, hi, Willow. And he's like, wait, what? And everybody's like, yeah. I'm really descriptive. Like, like what? Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and then they just decide, okay. So he tells them, you know, this vampire Willow chick has the whole, and they don't know what's going on obviously. Why are there two Willows? And, um, he tells them that she's got a whole cadre of vampires and they've got everybody shut up in the bronze and blah, blah, blah. So they all leave together to go stop that situation. And there's just this little moment while they're walking down the hall where Buffy says, should we call Faith? And Giles says, I don't want her in combat yet. Not in front of citizens, not around citizens. So I'm glad they threw that in there because I think that was important. And I think that also makes sense. I think that was a nice little, like, should we call Faith? That is something that should have been said many times throughout, you know, this season. As soon as we met Faith, it should always be a conversation. Should we call her? She's a fucking slayer. She should be involved in all these situations. So, it's nice that they address that, even if it was just for a second. Can we take a moment? I can't believe I haven't done it yet, but let's take a moment to appreciate Willow's fuzzy sweater game, especially in this episode. In this episode, she wears not one, not two, but at least three, maybe four fuzzy sweaters. At one point the best of all of these outfits in my opinion. It's not the most popular, not the one that you think I'm gonna talk about right now. Not the pink one. The very first outfit that she wears in this episode, whenever she's in the office with Snyder and Percy, she's wearing a dark purple, like, crocheted, like, kind of an open weave sweater that has, like, this sort of third eye slash vulva type design in the middle of it that's like green and black to contrast the purple and it is just the coolest sweater ever and then when she stands up you see not only is she wearing that fuzzy sweater but she's also wearing a fuzzy pink skirt with like super dark purple tights and her regular tennis shoes like she's almost always wearing like some kind of fuzzy sweater a mid-length skirt with tights and sneakers, but it's just I love it. I love the Willow style, and that sweater is the best. So, um, and then my next outfit, more, more fashion. Her corset busk would have saved her from. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, as they're all like leaving, Willow turns back to the library for a second and vampire willow is there like what the fuck is that how long has she been there how did she get in there i don't know but she's there and so there's an interaction between the two the two willows and willow gets the best of vampire willow by shooting her with a tranquilizer gun so my note was her corset busk would have saved her from the tranquilizer tranquilizer gun dart because She shot her directly in the busk. And, you know, corset busks are generally steel. If you had been shot with a tranquilizer dart, it would have bounced right off that. I'm just bringing you my corset knowledge. (laughs) Just had to point that out. Of course, at one point, Willow says, I think I'm kind of gay. Because the vampire Willow, like, licks her neck and she's real... You know. Yeah. Um, and Buffy says, Vampire's person a vampire's personality has nothing to do with the person that it once was. And Angel says, Well, actually, and then he's like, Good point. This obviously seems like it's a foreshadowing for Willow being gay in the next season, according to interviews with Joss Whedon, he didn't know that they were going to do that yet. Um, at one point in an interview he says something to the effect that he knew since the beginning that either he was going to make Xander or Willow gay but it took him a long time to decide which one I think at this point he hadn't decided yet but I mean both of them have little moments in their characterization throughout the first couple of seasons where they could easily throw it in that either of them are gay and it would track from looking back on it um and this is one of those moments for willow um my next note was i like angel lately in the last few episodes i have really enjoyed angel i think i said that in the last episode like he's being more mature he's not being quite so whiny they're not showing him like making out with Buffy all the time they're not showing a bunch of drama between him and Buffy he's just kind of he's helping out he's there when you need him he's helping out he's competent and not super whiny and I like this version of Angel we haven't even seen and I didn't realize this I know we get some dramatic Angel and Buffy moments towards the end of the season. I know we're go we're getting there. But since a men's, you know, the super dramatic Angel's Gonna Commit Suicide episode that I put in the vault and I'm never watching again. You know that one. Since then, we haven't seen Buffy or Buffy and Angel kiss at all. Like I think think we're supposed to think that they're kind of back together. I'm pretty sure because they were holding hands when it snowed at the end of *Amends*, mens and I think we were supposed to think that that was them deciding to have some sort of relationship. But we really haven't seen I don't think we've seen them like making out at all since then, and I think that's nice. I just I like where their relationship is right now because they're not flaunting it they're not being super dramatic and I don't know I just like Angel right now it's not gonna happen often so I might as well point it out um Cordelia shows up so okay at one point okay so everybody comes back when they realize that Willow's not with them and they see that you know vampire Willow's there they lock her in the book drop And they put her in Willow's clothes because they've decided that Willow's going to impersonate Vampire Willow as they go back to the bronze. So they've got her in the corset get up now. And Cordelia shows up while Vampire Willow in Willow's clothes is locked up in the book drop. Of course, she doesn't know any of what's going on at all. And she's wearing like Fucking like a prom outfit or something. It's like super fancy. Like she looks like she's going to the opera or some shit. And like I think she's, you know, showing up to like flirt with Wesley or whatever. And she's got books and she's acting like she wants to check out books. (laughs) Whatever. And she shows up and she's like, Why are you in the book drop? How did you lock yourself in the book drop? And so Vampire Willow's just like, let me out. I just like books. and I got stuck in here. Me. And, um, Cordelia decides to use this moment. She's like, we haven't really had a chance to talk with you locked up. So then she, let's talk about the ethics of boyfriend stealing. And uh, it's too bad. We didn't really get to see that. It just sort of cuts to another scene. And then we come back and we see Cordelia, um, at the end of this conversation it's too bad we didn't get to hear this whole thing because i would have loved to hear cordelia tell willow off even though it wasn't really willow willow but anyway so um my next note is cordelia using the minty mug (laughs) because at the end of this little lecture that she gives to vampire willow that she thinks is regular willow inside the the book drop um, she has apparently at some point decided to make herself a cup of tea and she's just sitting there lecturing Willow um, about the ethics of boyfriends dealing while drinking it out of the minty mug. Giles' minty mug. That was so great. That was one of the best moments of the episode. Okay um, at, at one point I paused to like take some notes or whatever and the um, vampire Willow in Willow's clothes has her hands through the like grate of the book drop and she's just sort of standing there and it looks like throughout the episode it looks like her nails are black but they're actually as I saw when I had this moment paused and I was taking notes today her nails are actually super super dark red like super blood red so dark that it looks black so i had to note that because that's one of my very favorite nail polish colors by the way i like all colors that appear to be black but when you look really close you realize they're actually really dark red or really dark green or really dark purple or whatever really dark brown I like things that read as black, but aren't actually, you know what I'm saying? Um, so I had to point that out. And I, while I was, um, doing my radio show broadcast tonight, I painted my nails that same color. <laughs> so I've got Vampire Willow you nail know, polish on right now. Um, let's see. My next note is Wesley saves Cordy. Wesley is very funny. So we get this nice little exchange with, um, so Cordelia does let Willow out of the cage when she finishes her lecture and she immediately like tries to eat her, of course. And she's chasing her through the halls of the school and Wesley shows up and he fins off, um, vampire Willow with, you know, a cross and some holy water. And it's just a nice little moment um again I want to point out that Alexis Denisov who plays Wesley and Allison Hannigan who plays Willow this was when they first met and they are now married so these are one of this is one of the very first scenes that they ever did together and they were probably just starting to like think about maybe they like each other and I just like to think about that <laughs> Um okay um there's this whole storyline where like willow doesn't want to kill the vampire willow like for whatever reason she stops buffy just in time whenever she's about to stake her when they're all back at the bronze and i i guess i don't really have anything to say about that uh i mean i guess i get it because somebody that looks like you you want to give them a chance i guess i don't know I don't know I didn't really like connect to that so I don't even know why I'm talking about it um vampire willow was immediately killed back in her reality so they you know Willow sort of makes a big deal about how she doesn't want to kill her like it just feels weird she stops buffy from killing her they decide to do a spell to send vampire willow back to her universe instead of killing her And you get to see, like, immediately when she's transported back, she's transported right back to that same time and place where she was taken from. And it's just that moment right before Oz grabs her and impales her on that broken piece of fence or whatever it is. And that's the end of the episode, is Vampire Willow still getting killed in her own time and place. So she didn't make it. Um, oh, I guess that's not the very last moment. Cause the next moment is Buffy and Willow are talking. So it kind of mirrors the first scene, uh, or one of the first scenes in the episode where the two of them are talking and, um, Buffy's like, "Hey, do you want to go out tonight?" And Willow's like, "You know what? I just I just want to stay in. I want to do my homework. I want to be a good little girl." <laughs> and she's back to being old reliable again. But then Percy shows up and he has the outline done for his report that he was supposed to be doing and he like Hands her the outline, and he's like, "Let me know if I need to flush it out more." And and he gives her an apple, and he's just like, because he's totally scared of her now. Because the last time he saw Willow, it was Vampire Willow, and she threw him across a pool table or whatever. So that was just a nice little moment getting to see Percy be humiliated. Um. And then we go on to research mode. So I have this little part in the Bite Me episode guide just really the only thing of note that i had to talk about from this episode and this was interesting that i just wanted to a uh, parallel that nikki stafford the author of bite me um writes about doppelganger shit. so i'm just gonna read it straight from the book just as evil sexy and kind of gay willow is the doppelganger of our willow who is quiet and shy So too is Faith, the alter ego of Buffy, and Mayor Wilkins, the alter ego of Giles. I never thought about that, but totally true. In this mad pairing of boss and daughter slash warrior that goes on between Faith and Wilkins, we see the same relationship as that between Giles and Buffy. Just as Giles reacts violently against the Mayor for threatening Buffy, this is a, you know, that happens in Graduation Day Part 1, Mayor Wilkins tries to take revenge against Buffy for hurting Faith. Graduation Day Part 2. If Buffy, and, if, the, the, if Buffy and Giles had given in to passion over reason, they could have been Wilkins and Faith. There's a very fine line separating the two. So that's just something I never thought about, so I thought I would read that for you guys. Um, interesting parallel. I really never thought about that. But kind of true. You know, both the mayor and Giles are father figures of a kind to Buffy and Faith without literally being fathers to them. Um, It's interesting. Interesting thing to think about going forward. So Nikki Stafford is, she writes, I mean, they're, they're, you know, usually only like a page and a half or so for, for each episode to do like the summary and like any of her thoughts on it. And, you know, not every single episode, but a lot of the time she just has really insightful things to say. And sometimes it'll she'll, like, give the whole history of, like, a certain piece of folklore that's referenced in an episode. And it's just, it's really cool. If you have ever wanted to own an episode guide of Buffy, I know I've promoted it many times, but if you haven't heard me do it before, bite me. The Unofficial Guide to Buffy the Vampire Slayer by Nikki Stafford it's a good one to have. Um, okay. So this is just a fun episode for the most part. I mean, it has a few things to say, but for the most part, it's just fun. Um, so let's get into the ratings so we can move on with our lives. (laughs) Um, yeah, I don't have a whole lot of like intellectual shit to say about this episode. Um, there's like, you know, half of it has good fashion and half of it doesn't it's great to see Anya again. I mean, everybody pretty much, you know, everybody's on top of everything. It's, it's a good episode all around. Um, so let's get into my object of the episode. Uh, If this is your first time listening, I would like to pick every episode of Buffy. I like to pick something that I would like to pluck directly out of the episode and keep for myself for all time. And in this episode, it's willow's fuzzy purple third eye sweater i love it i would wear it all the time it's awesome so that is my featured object of the episode outfit of the episode this is going to be unexpected you know i wanted to give it to vampire willow because i do love a corseted top and some vinyl pants but i'm pretty sure i gave it to her I gave her outfit of the episode whenever we first saw this outfit in The Wish. So instead, I'm giving outfit of the episode to Oz this time. And that is for his, at one point, he was, he wore some good outfits in this episode. Both of his outfits in this episode were good. But the outfit that he wears throughout most of the episode, he was wearing a black t-shirt with a red, um, with a red graphic on it that said psychic palm reader. And then he it was like a t-shirt and then over that he had like um a collared shirt unbuttoned that was like it looked like the wave painting um you know that i think it's a chinese painting that's just like the great wave or whatever it had that sort of design on the bottom of the shirt so it was a blue shirt and it had that wave design on the bottom um, and then, like, his pants were just, like, sort of an olive green khaki type situation. It was such a 90s outfit. And it's just, like, back in 1999, that was when I was first, like, attracted to boys. So this style is always going to speak to me. It might look cheesy and terrible to someone else. But this is the style that works for me. And Oz was is totally the guy that I would have dated in high school. Um... So, Osgut's outfit of the episode, MVP of the episode, I mean, I gotta say it's Willow. Because, I mean, she really is obviously featured in this episode, but she also, you know, she really conquers some fears when she dresses up as Vampire Willow. And, I mean, we didn't really talk about that, but whenever she goes to the bronze and impersonates Vampire Willow, like, she's really brave. You know, she is able to, she's not doing a very great job, but she's doing well enough that everybody, like, believes that she is Vampire Willow, um, and she just, you know, she was very brave. Very, very brave to do that whole thing, and it was cute. I mean, it's really Allison Hannigan is the MVP of this episode, because her acting in this episode was excellent, and I don't know why they didn't utilize her more. Anyway, so, quote of the episode, <laughs> Whenever um, she has just been found out as not actually being Vampire Willow, whenever Anya and um, the other vampires realize that it's not really her, she says, I'm a blood-sucking fiend. Look at my outfit. (laughs) So that's the quote of the episode. Um, Five by five ratings of this episode. Treatment of women in this episode is our first rating out of five. Um, I don't think women are treated badly in this episode. And there's lots of, like, little, like, lesbian subtext, which is fun. Um, I think it's okay, like, nothing is standing out to me as being, like, sexist in this episode. Yeah, I really can't think of anything. So I'm not going to give it a perfect score because, you know, it's just not, I'll give it a, you know, because there's that moment where like, basically the show paints it like Buffy can only have one good female friend. So, you know, it's always a rivalry between Faith and Willow right now. So... Buffy was super into Faith a couple episodes ago and she was neglecting Willow and then now she's back to being, you know, BFF with Willow again and she's sort of making it known that she doesn't really like Faith that much anymore. Like you can't have two female friends. So for that, I am taking a point off. So it's only getting a four for treatment of women because, you know, he, it it's just a stupid antiquated thing. You can have more than one female friend. It's, it's a thing. You can do that. Um, and then as far as enjoyability of the episode I mean it was really enjoyable like every moment was fun really there was lots of great jokes like you know some plot points were not the best but it was okay it was really good I mean I don't really like doing this but I'm gonna give it a perfect score I'm gonna give it a five it was good You know what? No, I'm not. I'm going to give it a 4.5 because I love doing math. Not really, but because I would have liked to have seen some more faith. (laughs) I mean, let's be honest, Uh, more faith, maybe more Cordelia. Um, yeah. Okay. So that means i got to get out my calculator here. Four times 4.5. So this episode gets an 18 as the final five by five score. All right. So I will see you guys probably in two weeks. So not the second, but I will come back on Saturday the 9th to talk about something or other. I don't know what. And then we'll be back three weeks from that to talk about an actual episode again. And then we will go from there. So what do you guys think about Doppelgangland? land? What do you guys think about Buffy? What do you guys think about this podcast? What do you guys think about my radio show? Validate me. (laughs) Anyway, if you would like to become a Patreon, I would so, so, so appreciate it. And you could hear all of my podcasts, um, of my Mixtress Radio, uh, broadcasts from every week. And, um, so the way to do that is patreon.com slash Mixtress Ray. And then if you would like to, um, send me like a tip on paypal um with or without rewards if you want rewards i'm doing tarot readings right now so i'm basically if you send me three dollars i will do a three card slash three song tarot reading i like to shuffle songs to go along with the cards that i pull So um, $3 gets you a three card reading, $9 gets you a nine card reading. So um, the way to do that is paypal.me slash ray. And I will see you guys in two weeks. Bye.